Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, and welcome to The Parenthood, the podcast that discusses all things parenting. I'm Marina Fogel. And I'm Dr. Kiara Hunt. And we are looking into the highs and lows and joys and challenges of your baby's first year. So today, specifically, we're going to look into that emotional roller coaster that all of you will experience in your baby's first year to varying degrees of intensity, um, just so that you know what to expect, what's normal and not normal, and so that hopefully you're equipped to deal with however your hormones choose to hit you in that first year. It is crazy. Those emotions play such a huge role, don't they, in terms of, well, we know in terms of pregnancy, but also then after your baby's born. Yes, you've got the hormones sort of raging in the end of your pregnancy, and then you've got the buildup and the excitement to the birth and all the adrenaline that goes with actually having your baby. And suddenly your baby's there, and a lot of parents feel <clears throat> quite overwhelmed, and they're not quite sure what happens next. Yeah, and I think, I think a lot of people having experienced a lot of kind of hormone surges and craziness in their pregnancy think oh well I just can't wait for it to be over once my baby's out I'll be free of these crazy hormones um, but sadly I hate to be the bearer of bad news but it is not the case it almost kind of gets worse because you've got a sort of degree of tiredness that you're factoring into the equation yeah and the but hormone changes are um, are most pronounced in the first few weeks really after the baby's born when you're body's getting used to feeding the baby and um, and the hormone levels from pregnancy are, are changing to those of sort of a breastfeeding woman or if you're choosing not to breastfeed they're still changing so um, I think those first probably the first month six weeks is the most tricky in, in terms of sort of going up and down emotionally. But it starts right at the beginning doesn't it because I think your emotions are really affected by the moment your baby's born. I remember everyone saying to me you know the moment you feel you hold your baby in your arms you will feel this tremendous rush of love and the world will be perfect and you will be happier than you could ever have imagined and I've got to be honest it didn't happen for me like that it eventually did but I remember when Ludo was born you know I'd had an emergency cesarean and I was really glad he was here but I, I was quite happy to hand him over to my husband and, you know, just kind of fo focus on getting well. I was really hungry. I remember being really, really hungry. And I could almost focus more on that hunger than sort of the emotion, the happiness of having having a baby. And I think it's worth preparing women for the fact that you will pretty much all experience that amazing feeling of protectiveness and such extraordinary love but it might not happen right at the beginning yeah and I mean certainly it's quite common in the delivery room to uh, 
that you know the baby's born and everyone is quite emotional and the father is usually you know choked up and you know the student midwife or the student doctor in the room is in floods of tears because the first time they've ever seen a baby born and you know the midwives are you know really happy but actually it's often that the mother is the least emotional person in the room she's uh, she's just been through such a sort of big event and is just happy it's all over um and uh, and that sort of rush of love and and an emotion comes a bit later and there are often women. quite a few people in the room when the baby's being born you know even if you have a really straightforward delivery they will be at least two midwives there at the birth and they they do want to sort of leave you to bond and sort of keep away as much as possible but especially if there are any concerns they have a low threshold for getting more people into the room and sometimes I felt certainly for me I felt that once it had quietened down a bit and I was alone and my son was sort of sleeping on my chest I remember that suddenly I had this amazing feeling of very being very protective and I remember turning to my husband and going Oh my god isn't this amazing yeah. so and you got that you know maybe a day or so into it but yeah. but for some women it's not till a week later or 10 days later and i have people who have come and discuss it with me and they've worried that they're not sort of bonding with their baby but actually it can it can take a bit of time and not to worry about that yeah yeah there was one girl who said that a week sort of into her after her birth she was up constantly through the night her baby was not sleeping and it was three o'clock in the morning she'd been up for sort of the 10th time and she put her baby on her lap and then suddenly she just thought you're amazing and she said it was extraordinary because I wouldn't have thought it would hit me then when I was at my most tired and most frustrated with sort of not feeling that motherhood was going my way and just suddenly it hit me and so I think just be prepared for it to hit you when you're potentially least expecting it. So that rush of love, hopefully, well, it will happen. It does happen. Just but be patient. Um, and then you bring your baby home from the hospital. And, you know, quite a few couples say to me that you know, it feels really strange. We went in as two and we're coming out as three. It feels like we're stealing something from the hospital. <laughs> um, but you come home and, you know, babies don't come with an operating manual. And a lot of a lot of parents feel a bit um, as if they really don't know what to do at this stage. But you do usually have lots of support from the community midwives who are coming and hopefully friends and family. And that first week is amazing, isn't it? Everyone's, you know, you're getting cards and flowers and people will send you things and your husband's often at home or your partner if you, um, if he's got some paternity leave. Uh, and it is amazing, isn't it? Yeah, it's so lovely. You feel like you sort of won a gold medal. Everyone's sort of slapping you on the back, congratulating you. And it's great. And there are definitely sort of times you just think, I am so happy. This is just amazing. But I think it's also worth being prepared for the fact that it's sort of tinged with the feeling that you're really tired um, because you probably haven't slept much during labor. And now your baby's born, they're feeding really quite frequently. So you're not having any sort of decent sleep at night. And if you feel really tired, tired that is going to affect your ability to deal with your emotions so um, don't worry if you're kind of feeling intense highs and intense lows or feeling that maybe you can't cope with it all that's that's sort of really normal and I think the most important thing in those early days is just to sort of hunker down at home and just try and focus on your baby and if someone can sort of look after you so if your partner can sort out food and cooking and chuck washes on then and just leave you to sort of try and feed your baby that is just the most kind of the best present you can get really isn't it yeah you want to be in recovery mode really that first Mm. week you know in a lot of countries it's perfectly normal to stay in hospital for a week after your baby's born and just to recover from the birth even if it's been a perfectly straightforward birth and that used to be the case in our country you know generation ago so our advice usually to girls in the bump classes when you get home 
put your pyjamas on and sort of stay in recovery mode for that first week or so. And you're likely to be quite sore too. And don't underestimate the, you know, the fact that feel, in being in pain actually is, is exhausting in itself. So, you know, we say just take the painkillers that you need. Don't be brave. Actually, we know that recovery is aided by being pain-free. So take as many painkillers as you need. And they'll only give you painkillers that are suitable for breastfeeding mothers in the hospital. So you don't need to worry about that being affected. Yeah. So a lot of people ask me about the baby blues and what is that? And is that normal? And does that mean I'm going to get postnatal depression? So it's, I think it's quite a good thing to discuss. So the baby blues is basically a sort of extreme emotional response to the hormone changes in your body when when your uh, breast milk is coming in which is usually around day three four or five after your baby's born and women will usually describe feeling very tearful for no reason or for tiny little inconsequential reasons they'll suddenly burst into tears um, and and feel quite vulnerable and emotional um, crying a lot of a lot of the time feeling quite anxious um, but it only lasts a few days usually baby blues lasts uh, two or three days and then you sort of start to feel feel more normal again so about 80 percent or 85 percent of women uh, who have had a baby will experience some form of the baby blues in that first week so don't worry if you do it's completely normal yeah i mean it's very much manifested in just lots and lots of crying and often sort of not crying for no reason you're like I'm not sad. I really, I really am really happy, but I'm just crying and crying. I wonder whether maybe it's your body's clever way of getting rid of some of the the fluid that has been retained during the pregnancy. I'm not sure you cried that much. But. <laughs> Every little helps. Um, and we, there are some quite funny stories about the baby blues that uh, there was one girl who did the bump class. He said that she was literally crying, sobbing in the bathroom and her husband came in and said, what's wrong? Is the baby okay? Um, what's wrong? And she was like, I dropped my toothbrush. <laughs> so very often it's totally inconsequential things that will start you off. And I think it often bewilders the people around you, especially if they're not expecting it. So actually partners can get really worried about it and think, is this postnatal depression? Is she unhappy with the baby? Is this the real person I've, I've married now? You know, they get really worried about it. And so it's really important, I think, to reassure both women who are often sort of frustrated at all these tears for no seeming reason and their partners that it's really, really normal and it's totally hormone driven and that it does last for a few days. I remember being crying because I was crying and I'm not usually such a crier, but I couldn't stop crying for no apparent reason. And it was just ridiculous when I look back on it, the crying because I was crying thing. Anyway, you almost need to embrace the tears, don't you? Absolutely. Just cry it out. Absolutely. Not feel ashamed. Let your body let your body be emotional, do cry, and then you'll find that it goes very, very quickly. Yeah, and the sort of the worst thing you can do is sort of think, oh my God, is there something wrong? Am I, should I be doing something different? Am I equipped to be a mother? Just sort of be aware that it's normal and probably, it probably is serving a purpose of some kind. I mean, physiologically, we're so, uh, so well evolved, aren't we? That uh, there's all these things that we do that we don't know the purpose of, but there probably is some purpose yeah, there. Possibly, possibly. <laughs> and then I think, you know, you will generally feel a bit better, but you're not going to sort of feel totally back to your normal self because mainly because of the sleep thing, because you're going to be so tired and constantly asking, constantly questioning yourself because suddenly there's a baby that you care about more than kind of anything in the world. And you're constantly questioning your judgment and your abilities. And that's normal. That's not 
mainly because you're you should be questioning it it's just that when you really care about something it it's very very important to get it right so you will you will feel exhausted and it will be kind of compounded this sort of um, exhaustion you know most women find that around sort of month three they're feeling at their most tired because the sort of adrenaline that's been released in your body after your baby's born is sort of worn off and you've had three months of sustained sleep deprivation and that in itself is going to make you feel very vulnerable and unable to cope so I think the key is just to again understand that um, tiredness can have really profound effects on our emotional well-being and to try and um prioritize sleep in our day-to-day um yeah and we're gonna we'll do a separate podcast about sleep about Mm. mother's sleep and about baby's sleep um but i think you're right i think you know until your baby is is sleeping through the night or giving you proper nice long stretches of sleep at night you should really still be trying to sleep in the day and lying down for an hour or two and getting a um a bit of catch up on that sleep because that will make you emotionally much stronger Um, and i think if around sort of three month mark you're sort of feeling just so tired or so unable to cope maybe seeing if if someone can come and help out um, and yeah, to so give you a bit of sleep can come and stay for a bit or you can get a bit of help if if that's something you can do that makes all the difference yeah um, yeah no I had I there was there was one friend of mine who actually said that she had convinced herself that there was something catastrophically wrong with her health because she was feeling so terrible when her baby was three months old. And she went to see her doctor and said, I think you need to be doing all the tests. I just have this. I just feel awful. I've never felt like this. And the doctor said, I think you're just really tired. And she was like, oh, oh, yes. No, that would make sense. But she said it was amazing how as soon as she then prioritized sleep and got a, um, her, her mother came and helped her out during the nights for a week. And she said, actually, that totally turned her around. So don't think it's something awful. Just try and sort of sleep a little bit more if you can. And generally, that will make you feel a bit better. Absolutely. And I think the other thing that's quite difficult emotionally with the new baby is is getting back into sort of normal life so after those first few weeks of nestling down at home and just bonding and with your baby and getting established with feeding you then do want to start getting out and about don't you and and that does help um I think make you feel like this is fine I can cope with this I can do this Mm, I agree I think it's you know it's really important in those early days to sit at home and recover and try not to do anything and try not to go out and about but after a week two weeks when you are regaining your strength it is important to go out and start having fun with your baby because as lovely as it is spending time with your baby you're not having a conversation with them and I think human beings thrive they're social animals it's really important for us to go out and about and some women find that really easy and they sort of meet up with their antenatal group or they go to baby massage classes or they go and meet a friend for a coffee and that's great and there are some mothers who feel like they are only just coping sitting at home and not doing anything and those are the ones that find it a little bit more difficult to start sort of enjoying themselves and you know baby sort of play groups and baby massage classes you know fine for your baby but actually much more beneficial for the mother because actually you know being with other mothers who are experiencing the same issues that you are is such a reassuring thing and just having a chat will will kind of uplift you in a way that mm-hmm. is, is just really knowing important. that there are other people going through mm-hmm. the same um emotional roller coaster as you are uh, even even the technologies nowadays with things like whatsapp groups for antenatal classes it's so good for for mothers because you get a ping on your whatsapp at three in the morning and you realize you're not the only one in the middle of the night up feeding your baby and you know it's such a it's such a such a good support and helps with that sort of 
emotional difficulties. And everyone says that's one of the most important parts of antenatal yeah. groups, suddenly having a, a group of women who are going through the same thing at the same time as you. So I'd really recommend kind of reaching out to those women. It's quite quite easy to sort of, you sort of hunker down when your baby's born, but actually two, three weeks postnatally, just send a message, set up a WhatsApp group. You know, even if you meet up for a walk in the park, it's such a nice thing to do. And, you know, what's the worst that can go wrong? Your baby does a massive poo and you have to change their clothes and everything and you just bring them home again. You know, it's not the end of the world but at least you've gone out and you've done something and you've had some fun yeah. and I think sort of lowering your expectations after your baby's born of what's possible to do in a day with a baby is really important I mean there's just no way you can get as much done as you did before you had a baby I remember someone telling me when I had my first to you know to, to just try and get two separate things done a day and one of those things could just be going to the post office to post a parcel um and or maybe meeting a friend for for a coffee in the afternoon and I sort of found that if I set myself just two things that was doable I mean obviously you can get more done if you need to but for it to be doable if you're struggling a little bit that's I think quite a good way to do it yeah be gentle that adjustment period yeah. is such a big big thing I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role like me in a given month over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites so if you're not looking on LinkedIn you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra start hiring professionals like a professional post your free job on linkedin.com people today there's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss but then obviously at the sort of um, other end of the spectrum we've talked about all these things that are totally normal and that you should sort of almost embrace um, the what's not normal but um, talked about um, a lot is, is postnatal depression and I think it's important to talk about it I mean we're so much better in this decade at talking about mental health and um, and not sort of you know stigmatizing it exactly yeah, yeah. absolutely and I see a lot of postnatal depression in my in my surgery and it's something I, I, I try and help a lot of women with um, and I think it often uh, creeps up on people who are least expecting it. You know, I, we talk in our classes, don't we, about postnatal depression. And I can't tell you the number of times I've had girls subsequently coming to see me saying, I heard you talk about that. And I thought, that's really interesting. And, you know, I don't think it's going to happen to me. I've never had any problems like that in the past. And then they come and they usually describe a sort of feeling of a, a, a sort of black cloud hanging over them as they wake up in the morning. And they have no motivation to get out and do anything. They don't really care about the things they cared about before. They're a bit apathetic about their baby, about their house, about what they look like, about any sort of activities in the day. Some women describe feeling very overly anxious about their baby such that it's stopping them doing anything uh, and all mothers are anxious about their babies but when it's to an to an extent that is is um is is preventing you doing what you want to do with your baby that's usually not not normal um you know crying they describe crying a lot for for no reason or no real reason even though they feel you know think life is good i've got my baby i've got everything that i wanted but i still feel sad 
And that is a classic, um, sort of, those are classic symptoms of, of postnatal depression. And it's often you get disturbed sleep, you'll find your baby's fast asleep at night and you're wide awake, um, you know, worrying, thinking, getting stressed that you're not asleep. Um, and it's, I mean, I remember when I was sort of younger, my understanding of postnatal depression was that you wanted to harm your baby in some way. But actually, we now know that it's it, that, yes, that's a part of it. And some people experience that. But yeah, that's actually, a lot of rare. people don't. Yeah, it's quite rare to actually feel that you want to harm your baby. A, a lot of people feel that um, they don't, they, that part of what they're feeling is that they're perhaps not feeling that sort of bonding with their baby that they wanted to feel or expected to feel. Um, but 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 actually feeling like you want to harm your baby is relatively rare, but it can happen, and mm. and and it's something that you have to have to address if that's what you're if that's what you're feeling. We had one girl on the bump class who's actually here was having her second baby, and she'd had postnatal depression with the first. And I remember she said, you know, you know, it wasn't that she wanted to harm her baby, but whenever she walked past like the knives, she could th- she thought I could, and it was that sort of potential um and it wasn't that she was absolutely having feelings about this it was more just almost frightened of her, her own thoughts yes exactly yeah, yeah. yeah and she was quite confident that she wouldn't but that those thoughts in her you know in themselves were quite yeah were and, and quite stressful. disturbing yeah very disturbing and i think um you know that that doesn't mean you have to be having thoughts like that to have postnatal depression at all. Um, but but people do, people can have thoughts like that. And it's so important that you go and speak to your doctor um, or someone who does understand about postnatal depression and get treatment because this condition is treatable. And so often it is ignored or or some doctors, you know, sort of don't you know think that if you're not thinking about harming your baby, it's not postnatal depression. That's not the case at all. I see so many people get get better very quickly with treatments and that could just be a talking treatments it could be hormone treatments it could be a short course of antidepressants that is uh, you know compatible with breastfeeding uh, and maybe a combination and if it's addressed and if it's treated it usually gets better really quickly so the the message with that is just go and see your doctor go and address it go and talk talk to someone about it um and you know hopefully you'll be feeling better quickly and it may not be that you've got postnatal depression it may just be that you're tired and you haven't slept for three months properly and um and actually all you need is is someone to come and help you for a week or to go and stay with your mother or a friend and 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 share that burden of responsibility for a bit get catch up on some sleep and you'll feel absolutely fine and in terms of sort of uh, treatments for postnatal depression i know that people are uh, really worried often about taking antidepressants with you know the, the worry that they then become dependent on them is this a sort of valid worry or no, how, how do doctors no. manage that um, most people with postnatal depression who and who do decide um, with their doctor to use antidepressant medication will be prescribed one that's completely fine in breastfeeding and that they're usually on for about s- six months or so um, and then come off no problem at all they're not medicines that you become dependent on mm. um, and most women will never need to go on them again for the rest of their life it's just a period in their life mm. um, and just because you've had it with one child doesn't mean you're going to get it with the next but is there something if you've had it pre- with previously with the child with the first child you're, you're is, slightly more likely to get it with the second but I have lots of patients and there's lots of data to show that it doesn't always happen so is it worth talking to your doctor you know before oh, yes. your second child is born and just seeing if there's any way of potentially Absolutely. managing it because yeah. i know that hormone treatments are increasingly successful aren't they with treating postnatal depression yes i mean the, the the evidence is not as strong with hormone treatments um but there is there are some studies going on at the moment looking at uh, at using hormones to help treat postnatal depression and it's definitely something to talk to your doctor about
In terms of sort of risk factors, if it's your first baby, is there anything that would make it more likely so that, you know, maybe you've got some, you've had Mental precondition? Exactly. Yeah, so if, you've, if you have suffered with depression or anxiety in the past, the likelihood of you, of you getting postnatal depression is slightly higher than if you haven't. But as I said at the beginning, it can also hit people who, who've never had any issues with mental health at all. Um, so it, I'm sure it would be on people's radar if they've suffered with things like that in the past. Um, and, and actually, some, sometimes those people are in a better position because they have people who've helped them before. It's the people who, who, who've who never needed help um, with those kind of conditions that that sometimes feel completely lost and don't know where to look for help. And one of the symptoms of postnatal depression is not listening to people who are not recognizing it and sort of thinking, I'm fine, I'm fine. Why is everyone being so annoying? So actually it's really important for partners to be aware and parents and even friends, you know, look about, you know, just watch out for your antenatal group. And if you feel that someone is maybe not responding or not as happy as they were or you know showing any of these symptoms that we just talked about is it worth potentially talking to them and yeah, I think it's worth having that conversation and as the woman um recognizing that if people are saying to you are you okay you don't seem yourself that you take that on board try and take that on board and and go and at least talk about it uh, with a health professional do they is this something they talk about at your six-week check uh, when yes you, so they would definitely when you, you go and have your six-week check and um, with your doctor after your baby's born and that's they'll be asking you how you're feeling how your mood is whether you're kind of coping with parenthood and that's the opportunity to 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 discuss how you're feeling and what proportion of women does this affect postnatal depression uh, it's a surprising amount, actually. It's um, 25 to 30% of women will get some form of postnatal depression. And it's on the increase, isn't it? Because it's probably being diagnosed a little bit better. And I'm sure so. still a lot of it is undiagnosed. Yeah, I don't think all those women will need treatment, but they will have some form of the symptoms that is that they'll need to talk about. Yeah. Sometimes just talking about it helps. Like, mm. I have women who we talk about it for half an hour in the surgery and or well, 10 minutes in the surgery and, and actually just coming in and saying that there's a problem and knowing that there's a plan in place is enough to make them feel quite a lot better. Mm. We talk a lot about vulnerability on the bump class and how it's okay to be vulnerable and to feel vulnerable and not to be ashamed about being vulnerable. And I think that kind of plays into it, that the moment you sort of say, you know what, my Instagram feed does not convey how I actually feel about motherhood. That's quite empowering in a way, isn't it? So even if it's just amongst like three friends or your antenatal group, that you can just let your barriers down and just be honest about the fact that, you know what, sometimes there are some days when you just feel like you wish you could just go back to work and have your pre-motherhood life yeah. just for a day. And it doesn't mean you you don't haven't bonded with your baby or that you you know don't love your baby but that's totally normal because it's tough and a lot of the things that you're doing on a day-to-day -day basis you know wiping poo off your baby's bottom and endless cleaning and washing quite menial tasks that aren't necessarily very stimulating yeah I think you know every mother if they were to every parent probably if they were totally honest with themselves will have had days in those early parenthood days where they thought I'm not enjoying being a parent today. And that's fine. Mm. That's absolutely fine. Everyone is allowed to feel like that. Uh, that doesn't mean you're not going to love it the next day. Yeah. And there's a lot of sort of sitting around and feeding your baby and burping your baby and a lot of time on your own. I felt what really helped was a bit of distraction. And I made the mistake of kind of switching on the TV in the morning and ending up watching kind of lots of 
sort of morning TV shows, which are very repetitive. And then I started listening to sort of stuff that was a bit more stimulating on as podcasts. And actually, that was brilliant because I got really into certain things. And I also it was nice to listen to stuff that stimulated me on a sort of intellectual level rather than stuff that actually bored me and you don't want to be doing a degree but you you know most women have got a degree of baby brain where they're sort of not quite uh on on the ball as they might it might be just before their baby's born but uh, it's nice to have something that you can listen to that's a little bit intellectually stimulating that you makes you think and maybe even lets you learn a little bit yeah yeah exactly perfect so i think you know the take-home message from from this podcast is that be prepared for an emotional roller coaster. It is really overwhelming and it's really surprising, however well you're prepared for it. And if you're listening to this and you are sort of day 10 postnatally and you've had all those tears and you're feeling a bit low, I hope this has helped a little bit just to understand that all of these things are normal. And if you're a partner who's listening to this and you think, oh, yeah, you know what? My, my, my partner is maybe a little bit not herself right now. Have a chat with her. I think so often it's having the confidence to talk to someone generally at the right time ideally um, and not to brush emotional well-being under the carpet and think oh it's all tough and it will get better because if it doesn't it's really important to act on it because postnatal depression doesn't just go away does it like the baby blues does it doesn't it it usually doesn't go away without without treatment um so it's definitely worth getting treatment yeah perfect well i hope you found this podcast helpful if you have any questions do ask us via our twitter or facebook page absolutely and so our twitter is the bump class instagram is the bump class as well and the bump there's lots more podcasts and information on there